Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to episode 153 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. <laughs> so, who's happy? Oh my God, my heart can finally break. take a break. <laughs> I uh, missed the game. I was watching a movie. What happened? Yeah, apparently you were watching the movie with Matthews and Marner. Uh, you and Tina watching fucking Made in Manhattan or something. <laughs> 36 seconds. 36 seconds into the show, Matt drops the F-bomb. You're welcome. I, I literally set a timer just to see how long it took. Never going to be a reputable uh, podcast, Matt, because of your language. We have, that, we have that one poor review because of you. You'll never listen again. <laughs> and to our... Former Leaf fans who are now Kraken fans who list, hate listen to us, uh, keep listening because this show is going to be covering the playoffs into the second round. Was that too similar? Actually, to it's pretty. I was going to ask Matthews and Marner out for a drink after the game, but they never they never make it to the second round, so I'd be paying for all the drinks. Oh, well, oh. maybe if Marner, maybe if Marner scored. Oh, wait, he's never done that in the playoffs either. Oh. Okay, Matt, do you have any any zingers you want to just lay in before? No, you get I've been holding these in the whole series, okay? <laughs> no, I won't, I won't throw any zingers. I already swore, right? So I'll just, I'll defer my zingers. <laughs> All right, so if anyone hasn't figured it out yet, the Canadians have just mounted a comeback. Uh, they were down in the series three games to one. They came back and won the series four three with a three one game seven victory. Who to thunk it? Not yeah. Craig Button. That's right. 
<laughs> friend of the None show, of Craig Button. Blame you the games, right? Yeah, we will have you back anytime, Craig. Yeah, we love yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Not Nick Kiprios. I'm pretty, pretty sure. Actually, he liked a tweet I put. I said, hey, after the Habs won their second game, I said, are you still only going to give him one game? And he, he liked it. <laughs> so I'll give him that. But uh, So b- before we do start breaking stuff down, um, regardless of who won that game, um, you know, I live in Ontario. I've, uh, I've lived through this, uh, this pandemic, just like, just like everyone, just like the rest of you, but Ontario has been hit really, really hard. And, um, I'm really happy for those, uh, frontline workers that were able to go to the game and that were be able to be in attendance. Uh, we saw a couple Habs jerseys there. So obviously that put a smile on my face, but regardless of the win, um, or, or if, even if they would have lost tonight, you know, I'm happy that they were in attendance. Yeah. And th- this will mean more fans at the Bell Center. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> Another thing it means, a couple things. Uh, the first is the Habs Unfiltered show purchased a Jonathan Drouin jersey, and it is sitting in the stands at the Bell Center. So that will remain there for the, the remainder of the playoffs. We, uh, we assumed it was only going to be one or two games, but it turns out many more. Um also, we, uh, as a, a podcast, Habs Unfiltered now has $100 set aside to the uh, Canadi- Canadians Children's Foundation. Um, several other people have pledged to match that donation. Uh, each win the Canadians put up, it's another $25. So uh, hopefully they, uh, they can win the next round and that would be $200. And Treg, you had something to say about that too. Uh, yeah, I made a bet on the series. I bet a hundred dollars that uh, the Habs would win the series against a Toronto fan. I won't bring up the the person who did it, and uh, he's paid up. And I'm going to donate that hundred dollars to our charity finish. So now we're up to two hundred dollars. Beautiful. <clears throat> the more the Habs win, the more the kids get. Hashtag do it for the kids. So, Habs win three one in Game Seven. We got to break this down a little bit. So let's start. Well, let's go period by period. So the first period, there's clearly nerves on both sides. The Leafs obviously feeling uh, feeling the pressure because they're the favorites and <clears throat> they were supposed to w- win this in four. And they have a history of not winning that big game to move on because they haven't mid- been in the second round since 2004. This team specifically with its current core has lost, what is it, five ga- uh, first-round matchups? Four. Well, who could – they've lost all of them. Every single time they've made the playoffs, they've lost. So you can understand that losing games five and six in overtime to the Canadians really played on them. So they were playing a little bit tentative because – yeah, they pushed the pace a little bit. The Leafs did, but everything was kept to the outside. The Canadians' defense did its job, holding things to the outside. They didn't have a single shot from the slot in that period, according to Sport Logic. Um, conversely, the Canadians, who did also did not score in that first period, they were also mostly kept to the outside. They only had a couple of shots from the slot. Um, Kotkaniemi had a chance where he could have picked up a rebound. Uh, Campbell was really, you can see he was really nervous. He was, he was handling the puck like a grenade. So that first period was kind of like a feeling out 
And the Leafs didn't look terrible, but they weren't really playing to their best of their abilities. And the Canadians took advantage of that and kind of just rope-a-doped a little bit. They outshot the Leafs, but they didn't do anything overly dangerous either. Uh, Matt, what did you see? Pretty much exactly what you just said. It was, it was, it was, um, I'm not gonna say it was boring hockey, but it was, it was two teams that didn't want a mistake. They didn't want to give up the first one. Um, a lot of shots from the outside, a lot of, uh, no real, no real danger, you know, a few hits here and there, but, um, I think they were just trying to feel each other out and see, uh, see what the, see how the game was going to play out. And, um, yeah, the first period was really, uh, you know, go to the fridge and grab another drink type, uh, type period. Really. It wasn't, it wasn't much to watch, but, uh, you know, at least nobody, at least the Leafs didn't jump out in front. Right. That was about what I was happy about. Yeah. And that, that was key to the game. Uh, yeah. the, getting that first goal, according to, uh, all the statistics, uh, statistics out there, the first goal wins the game 75% of the time. So yeah. Yeah. keeping them off the board was key. What about you, Treg? I thought it was a very boring play at safe period for both teams. Uh, <clears throat> Montreal did outshot, and I found uh, Campbell, I thought, was a bit shaky on some of those shots. Uh, he didn't handle them very well. And then there was a – I mean, Montreal had the chance with Anderson on the 201 who couldn't uh, settle the puck down for a shot. And then Campbell lost the puck behind the net, and they had another chance there. Uh, by the way, Blaine, you're, you're sort of right. It's four playoffs and one qualifying round. So There you go. There you go. Um, which didn't count as them making to the playoffs. So I, I don't count that. It's still only four. But uh, yeah, I found it very boring. I found I was watching. I was like, there's no real high danger chances. As a matter of fact, I think through the first two periods, I don't think Price had a high danger chance against him uh, by the Leafs. I thought the Montreal did an excellent job of clogging up the neutral zone in the slot to uh, keep everything out to the side. Like you said, Bling, everything Toronto was shooting at. Uh, at carry was perimeter and he could see it all. Um, so it, it was, I'm going to say this here. I thought it was a very well-coached game by Dom Ducharme. I liked the way he deployed his defenseman. He got Gustin and Kulak involved more, but instead of having them play together, they split time with different defensemen. Uh, uh, Gustin played with Weber a little bit. And I saw Kulak with Sherratt and uh, he, he kind of mixed his defensemen. The only ones he really kept together the entire time was uh, Petrie and Edmondson. Um, and, but yeah, the first, there was really not much to talk about the first period. Mahabs outshot the Leafs and kept the high danger shots down. Yeah. And then the intermission comes in and you can imagine that there was very little talk about the Canadians. It was they all about how about, the Leafs could talk about how good Sherratt was for about a minute. Cause Bieksa loves those gritty defensemen for some right. strange reason. I don't know. Maybe cause he was one. Yeah. <clears throat> and he wasn't wrong. Schrott oh, played a strong oh, period. He did. And, and then it was just Leafs, 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 Leafs. More Leafs. Yeah. What do the Leafs, Leafs need to do to win? Oh, my goodness. Leafs. They got to do this. Oh, oh. Yeah, before before we move on, I just want to say Sherratt played the most of any defender. Wait, 27-58. I thought he had a great game. He did. He, he really did. He, he did, did have a great game. He did. And Weber did as well. Now, he did. In the, in the second period, we're going to get into that now. That's where things started to really kind of worry me a little bit at the beginning um toronto seemed to be picking up the pace a bit and montreal was kind of taken aback they held on thanks to Carey price uh toronto had several more high danger chances but then the game changed on a softy of a goal it's like yeah anderson 
for the last few years has been the scapegoat in Toronto because he gives up a softie. Well, Campbell's going to be the scapegoat this year because he gave up a softie on, uh, on Gallagher. That was a very good shot. No, it wasn't. But Gallagher came up the wing and he took a shot and he put it in, in a good spot and went in. You can't fault him for that. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a blistering slap shot or anything. It just went five hole. It's a it's a stop that Campbell should have had. But goddamn, I'll take that anytime. Yeah, and a shout out to uh, Eric Stahl who had a very good game for uh, for stripping the puck from uh, from yeah. Erner and uh, right. creating creating that play. Yeah, Eric Stahl, by the way, is now tied for the league lead or team lead in points. Just throwing it yeah. out there. Yeah, tied on the tied on the first goal, or um, assist on the first goal, and assist on the uh, on the uh, empty netter from Toffoli. Yeah, with a good board battle play. So uh, that changed the whole momentum of the game, really, for that part of the the whole momentum of the period, I should say. Um, I will say this: I liked how the refs were letting things go, and they let a lot of stuff go on both they sides. Did. Yes, they did. And then. Uh, I was surprised with the call on the lease for the for the power play, especially after Stall hauled his man down. Uh, however, the stall—I mean, this is going to sound a bit homerish—but the stall one, there was no real scoring play. There was no real. It was behind the play. It was kind of, you know, it was in a group. It was in a group, and uh, it should have been a penalty. But then they they got the call on the little hook, I guess, on Caulfield. And, well, it was uh, a hold. It was a hold. He. Uh, oh yeah, he reached around and, and pulled him back. Yeah. In that case, there it was a one-on-one battle that Caulfield had won, and there was no one else around for for Miles. So if he wouldn't have done that, you could plausibly assume that he was going to take the puck to the front of the net for a scoring chance. So I, may, maybe that's why they called it. Maybe I, I think it was maybe. a weak call, but I'll take it. Um, Considering what they didn't call beforehand, I, yeah. I, I that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, we'll get into other weak calls later, but uh, um, and yeah, they they that was a good goal. I mean, Perry was in the right. They finally put guys in front of Campbell. Yeah, uh, Suzuki prop. I mean, Suzuki usually scores from where he was shooting. Uh, we can break down that power play. The same thing. Caulfield played the Weber spot. Suzuki played his little spot, and they just try to get the puck to one or the other. But now it's producing. Yes, we said it. We said it uh, after Game Five that this power play has to produce if they want any chance of winning. And in the last two games, it's put up three goals in four attempts. Five. It's five. They're two for four in Game Six. Yeah. They had that many? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what so they had. Few, I don't, did they only so have the few. one this game? I couldn't remember they had one yeah. or two. Two for four and then one tonight, yeah. So yeah. there so you go. Three for five. Yeah. Three for five. So it's producing goals. Even if it's just one goal in a game, it's producing. And you need that from your power play if you want to move on. Um, it'll make it harder for the other team to take penalties because now they have to worry about your power play producing goals they it, it it creates space it creates time so it produced it finally produced the goal again so that's two games in a row where they scored that's huge uh i honestly don't care how they do it as long as they do it but in this case you're right it was perry to the front of the net suzuki shooting through the screen this time it just went off perry's leg and in it might have gone past him 
Either way, Campbell did not see that puck whatsoever. So Perry did his job. Yeah, it went off his knee, went in the net. Campbell had no clue. He kept looking at his face. He was like, yeah. Uh, there was yeah. no goalie interference. He never even came close to Campbell. Um, and yeah, two nothing. And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Really. It did. It did. And, but at the end of the period though, that's when there's that kind of questionable call on Armia, but, yeah. but it's a makeup call. Anyone who says makeup calls don't happen anymore. Bull. Just because he got caught on a hot mic, the refs aren't going to change the way they do things. It was a makeup call. It was, you can argue how if it was a weak call or not, but it was no weaker than the call that Caulfield got in his advantage. So, I mean, to me, yeah. I looked like two guys battling for the same spot, and one guy was just stronger than the other. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I, the the Caulfield call was weak. They gave it the Armia one. And uh, it really didn't actually Montreal killed the power play very convincingly. Their, their PK has been probably the best thing about this series because they did allow three goals, but uh, they really been shutting that. They really shut them down. I mean, they allowed two goals on that five, one loss in game two, I think it was. And uh, one other in their game four loss, I think, but uh, um other than that, they've been they've been really hammering it down on the on the Toronto's power play. Well, those three wins in a row, they didn't allow a single power play goal. No, so they stepped up when they needed to. Um, and then going into the third, they killed off that penalty. They did really well on that. Uh, <clears throat> they they really didn't give Toronto a lot of time to set up in the zone, which is good because you don't want to let them start to build any momentum when you're up to nothing. And, but the problem with the third was they sat back. They sat on that. They got lucky at the end of this game because Carey Price was there to, to step up and save them because they sat back. They only had a couple of shots on net. I think it was four, four or five shots. 16 to five were the shots in favor of Toronto. There you go. It was 12 to two for the shots in, uh, in the first 12 minutes of, the, of that period. 12 to two. The, clearly sitting back. Yes, Toronto didn't do a lot to attack the middle, but you're clearly sitting on a two goal lead after spending two games in a row, coughing up a three goal and a two goal lead to go to overtime in each one. That is not a good idea. No, I mean, they did it in every game so far. They had a lead. Uh, games five and six, they lost the lead doing it. Um, killing that power play at the early was huge because that would have changed the whole dynamic of the third period if they got a goal. And if you really think about it, Toffoli's empty net goal became even bigger because of the uh, – the goal by Nylander with a minute and a half to go or whatever, whatever time was left. Um, to, and that was what made it three one. Um, but yeah, Montreal says it now, mind you, I thought they played better 
in this period than they did the other two games when they started sitting back because they didn't sit right back on the blue line. They sat far, they, they, they started farther up on the red line and made it harder for them to get through the neutral zone and made it harder for them to set up in the, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so they, they played it a bit better, but they still should have waited with five till there was five minutes left in the period and then started doing that. But they also didn't rely on just four defensemen throughout the game uh, yes. with uh, with Gustafson playing just over 10 minutes and picking up an assist on the power play goal. And uh, Kulak played nearly 13 minutes. So we talked about this on the last show with the two of them only playing just over six minutes apiece. And uh, I'm, I'm happy they did that. And you could see, uh, um, you know, you could see, yes, that there was a few of the defenders that were a little bit wore down. I know they, they brushed Sherratt's name up many times and said, oh, if he can't come back, if he can't come back. But the guy's a gamer. He, he like I said, he led the, led the team in, uh, in time on ice, and he, he played a very big game for them. So that makes two points for the Habs blue line in that entire series. Yep. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the series against the Jets, we're gonna we're gonna have to see a lot more out of them. We'll cover the Jets series uh, in our next episode, but for now, we'll stick to this this series. Um, yeah, the defense finally putting up some points the last couple of games, but just two. That's not enough. It's not enough, um, and not a lot of time to uh, recover either. They're no. but they're in Winnipeg as a Wednesday night. That's right. So that, and uh, and you're and you're going into Winnipeg with a team that's been that's rested up, like really rested up. Yeah, and like I said, we'll cover the uh, the Jets series in our next episode. Uh, we'll finish off this series. <clears throat> uh, Toffoli gets that empty netter. Thank God, because yeah. if he had not gotten that empty netter, and then Nylander got his goal, his greasy little goal like he did there, it'd be two one, and we would have saw a hell of a lot more pressure. Yeah. But it's obvious that the Leafs basically quit. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. You could see it. You could see it on their faces. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, like we've talked about this. I know Treg, you brought it up on your on your Twitter and everything about uh, fans going after Mariner and stuff like that on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And you know, obviously, that's not the right thing to do. But you could you could tell he was one of the players that was just. He was just done, and any chance that any chance that he got, they uh, they uh, they foiled his, any attempt that he made at the net. So, I, I, I think that uh, they, they they didn't have the big guys rolling, and uh, I'm not going to say it cost them the series, but really their their whole team didn't really roll as a whole. And um, I think and I, and I and I think they uh, I, I I think that they went up three one in the series, and they said, you know, we've got this in the bag, and well. We're talking about it now. Well, when your top scorers, Marner and Matthews, only score eight points together, yep. when they average, I don't know, 400 points, of, you know yeah. you know what I mean? Like, a hell of a lot more in the season. A hell of a lot more. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to look at it and be like, what the hell's going on here? And all honesty, Matthews, all Matthews points came in one game. Yeah. They literally yeah. came in game two. Well, no, he didn't he get an assist on that Nylander goal there at the end? Maybe, I, 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 but I'm just saying, like he did, yeah. He did. I mean, if you look at the game logs, I don't have them right here in front of me, but uh, <clears throat> like for instance, Mitt Marner, two points in game one, and then one point game two, and one point in game five. Yes, Matthews got one in game seven, one in game five, 
and three in game two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's winning the Rocket Richard with 41 goals and 50, what was it, 52 games that he played? I think he played all 56. No, he didn't because he missed time oh, on the wrist. Oh, injury. yes, because of his wrist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he had that, that bum wrist yeah. and he, he battled through. <clears throat> but scoring 41 goals in 52 or 53 games, <clears throat> then disappearing in the playoffs, if I were a Leaf fan, I would be livid. Not only did he score 41 goals, he scored something like 12 or something like that against the Canadians alone. That's right. So it's not like he, uh, it's not like the Canadians, it's not like he was McDavid against the Canadians and only scored like two goals or something like that. But uh, um, I'd have to look it up here. But Matthews against Montreal scored a ton of goals. He did. Now, I need to double check, but I'm pretty sure that the Canadians are the only four seed to win a series. Yes. This year. Yeah. He scored seven goals against Montreal, 14 points in 10 games. So he was almost a goal per game player against Montreal. And uh, yeah, you got one. That's it. Yeah. So I, I, I realize that Leaf fans are going to have to rely on that whole regular season seven, two and one record. So they can, you know, lord that over the Habs fans, but Islanders were a fourth seat. Were they? Yeah. Islanders Islanders were a fourth seat and Boston was a third. Did not know that. Okay. Well, there's another four, three uh, series. Pittsburgh won the the division. Washington was second. Yeah. All right. I thought the Islanders were three and Boston. Yeah. So did I. But whatever. Sure. I was just going off the top of my head. Uh, but sure, yeah. Matt. Throw all your facts at us. After <laughs> after going online and cheating and looking them up. Thank you, Yahoo Sports. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to sponsor us, you feel free to. Yeah, we'll take. Yeah, we'll take your money. We will take it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, the Leafs. Oh, I almost feel bad for them. Well, what's next? Almost. What's but then next? again, eh, don't care. This is the thing. Like, what's next? Like, I, I just, like, I, I put up a page on the side, on the side here, like I usually do before we record. They gave up a fifth round pick for Hutton. Hutton didn't play. Played four games. They gave up a third for David Riddich. Didn't play in the series, obviously, because obviously they're going to go with Campbell and Anderson was back. Riley Nash believe he only played one game they gave up a seventh round pick for him and the big one being Felino gave off a first and a fourth the first was for this year and you know Felino, I think he you know he played he, like played four. Hurt. he, he did played play hurt. hurt he did play hurt but not a goal in the games that he played no wasn't really that effective other than his big moment was was fighting Corey Perry in the first game yeah, and, and see right there, they're going to have their built-in excuses. Yeah. Well, we didn't have this, and we didn't have that, and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, hey, sorry, folks, you finished you look, first. It's true. Too bad. But you look at this year. You look at this year now. Going into the draft, they have a second, a fifth, and a sixth. That's it. Next year, a first, second, and that a first, second, and a sixth. Hey, and I, For the next I two it- years. I said it at the start of the year that this year they had to make the final or start again because this was their window. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm just 
just uh, just going off of Cap Friendly, shout out to them. Next year, UFAs, Nash, Hyman, Simmons, Felino, Galchenyuk. Um, he was rehabbed too. J- Jason, Jason Spezza, Joe Thornton, um, Bogosian, Ben Hutton, Dermot, Marinson, Anderson, and Riddich are all so, U- yeah. UFAs. So basically with, a lot of with, people. With Dermot being one of their UFA. Yeah. And, yeah. then, and now no draft picks for, for two years. And not a lot of money. And not a lot of money. Yeah. So my and heart they, bleeds for them. And they're losing Anderson. So. Oh, yeah. There's no, way, there's no way he's coming back. They're going to hope Campbell's going to be their guy of the future. And But I, I come back to it again. They're, the big knock on Anderson was he let in a weak goal in a key game last year yeah. and the year before. Yeah. Campbell did the same thing. I don't. Goaltending's not their problem. No, it wasn't. It wasn't last year either. And it's sure as shit not Montreal's problem. No. Mr. Average, Carey they, Price. Not at oh. all. <laughs> Carey Price is just so average. Uh, I can't believe he's average. Going to Toronto's media, now the Habs fans are going to be going on about how this average mm-hmm. goaltender stole a series. Well, yeah. Yeah. When you when you got a 950 save percentage and your team comes back and wins a yeah. series. 968 in this game. Yeah. yeah, It's a good thing that Montreal's high-priced, expensive goal-scoring talent stepped up to carry Mr. Average. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, a lot of people are saying, and, you know, price is all you got. Price is all you got. Price is all you got. Who you know what? Who cares? He's part of the team. He does his job. He doesn't put the puck in the netty, but he sure as hell can stop it. When your, star, when your best player is your best player, that's yeah. when you win series. That's yeah. exactly. We'll learn that someday. Yeah, that's exactly it. And this, speaking of series, uh, Mark Bergevin now has won more playoff series than any other GM since Sergevard. He was tied with uh, Mark uh, with uh, Bob Gainey. Mm-hmm. Now he has more. Yeah. So and I, and, you know what, and I love Bergevin. At the end of the game, he's down there slapping Price on the back with his red suit on and everything. It was it was nice yeah. to see. Yeah, he's yeah. like, thanks yeah. for saving my job, bud. Yeah. That's right. yeah. He was pretty he was pretty amped up. Yeah. You think? I was, like, oh, I was this close to getting fired. I gotta bring up something. Something's no. bugging me. Oh god. Why the hell Just are the coaches using that cream and the rash will go away? We've Why the this. hell are the coaches wearing masks when they're gonna take them off to fucking say something I, anyway? I, I don't know. Why are they wearing them? I don't know. Because every time you look at them, they're, they're doing this. Yeah, they're like, hey, hey, how's it going? Yeah, it really makes no sense. (laughs) You know, I scream at people a lot in my day job. I bark orders. I yell drill commands. I wear a mask. I can do a mask. They hear me just fine. I don't know. I had to bring it up because I've been thinking about it all night and it bugs me. (laughs) Some bug. They're with the team anyway. Just let them not wear a mask. Yeah, it makes no, it really. Yeah, makes no sense. They're all fully immunized. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Eh. I mean, okay. Cool, cool point. Of the 17 highest paid players in the NHL, only one is going into the second round. Can you guess which one it is? Carey Price? Corey Perry. Cor- correct. Shit. Carey <laughs> Price. Well, three. There's three guys ahead of Price that play for Toronto. Where are they? Where are they going? A four. 
Sorry, I had to make the joke. I had to. I've been holding all these chirps in because I didn't want to say anything because <laughs> it just jinx you. I'll you say something on Twitter and then you lose. And everyone's I'll, like, Ugh. I'll, uh, for any of the Leafs fans that are, that are listening, was there, you probably Kraken fans now. Uh, Kraken fans now, I guess. Um, I will say something to kind of counterbalance what just with the golf reference. I was very happy to see Tavares skating. That could have been a hell of a lot worse. That could have been um, a, a real career turning injury with what, you know, with the contact he took to his head. Happy to see him back and we'll likely see him back next year. I'd also like to point out that if you truly dislike us and you're using this to continue trolling us, we welcome that. We also would welcome you to use our promo code unfiltered20 to save 10% off from builtbar.com. Delicious protein bars. They taste like candy bars. They are amazing. Order them online. They're at your house within the week. Uh, I suggest buying three to four boxes once a week because you're going to eat them all anyway. Uh, they're low calorie. They're, they're keto friendly. Some of them, um, several gluten-free options. Delicious. Another, uh, another brand you can go to is East coast lifestyle. Use the code promo code unfiltered 20 and save 20% off your next purchase using our code. And now back with us, seatgiant.ca. Use promo code unfiltered20 and save 35% off the fees when you purchase your tickets from Seat Giant. Not Leafs fans, because you guys don't have any more hockey to go to, but Habs fans, use them. Those, <laughs> those tickets are expensive. Save yourself some money on us. You're welcome. I'm going to have to do uh, wrestling things before every uh, game now. Because <laughs> I'm going to have to do a video for every game now, because ever since I started doing the videos, they've been winning. My, uh, my teenage daughter will watch the video I made in response to yours. Apparently, I'm super lame. And she's, who the hell is that guy? Because that is so bad. For you or for both of us? You. I, I was lame and you were horrible. She was embarrassed watching it. So I think whatever it is. people doing. and 700 viewers think differently. So I feel like it worked. The Habs won. Perhaps that's all that matters at the end of the day and know who didn't lose. and you know what else we're not going to hear that we were the team that toronto beat to finally make it to the second round that's right i think Habs padded i think Habs all along said we're letting them get 3-1 and then we're just going to destroy it <laughs> but as you guys so, said when we were talking before the show this was their this was their big moment this was their you know, this, this, you is said. The, this is our this is our Habs fans. I'm telling you now, this is our Stanley Cup. Yeah, there, uh, I, I can't see his cup win this year, but I can't see anyone good. beating Colorado this year, to be honest with you. But no. Uh, no matter what happens after this, it's just all gravy. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Anyway, uh, I'm just I'm glad they gave those tickets to the frontline workers, the uh, yep. the nurses, the doctors, the paramedics. Because at least they were there to help the Leafs after choking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this show just came into a big Leafs trip. <laughs> <laughs> They're falling! They're falling! The Leafs are falling! It's t- that's the first sign of spring. 
Oh, no, that's God. actually fall. But anyway, yes. In Canada, the least yeah, fall. In Canada, the first time always... is the least fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you dirty trend, I may believe. Get out of here, you leaf. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna say it's gonna be a lot easier for me at work tomorrow. Surrounded well, by freaking leaf fans. It's gonna be amazing. I uh, I'm duty tomorrow. I gotta open up and I'm just gonna drive my truck into the uh, the bay with my flags on each uh, window. Every time someone walks in, I'm just going to go, woo! I do my morning brief on uh, on Wednesday when I'm back. I'm going to have a box of Kleenex behind my uh, behind my clipboard when I'm giving out the jobs for the day, and I can just throw that down on the, one of the tables, and they can pick that up as they need them. And they do. And they will. Oh, they do. <laughs> So I guess we've pretty much exhausted uh, the breakdown of the game and some leaf chirps. Um, I'm going to ask one question before we end the show. Do you feel that Ducharme and Bergevin are going to keep their jobs now? Ducharme, no. Bergevin, yes. Matt? Bergevin, yes. Ducharme's leash got a hell of a lot longer. Actually, I th- I don't think Desharm should be brought back, but I think he will be brought back. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so as well. And I asked this on the Habs Unfiltered account. Uh, for- <clears throat> has forcing a game seven versus the division's top seed made you change your view of Bergevin and Ducharme? Uh And 54% have said no, fire them. Uh the remainder is a mixture of firing and firing. So only one or the other only 17% said, yes, keep them. So 17% have changed their mind and wanted to keep them. Uh, 21% have said, no, my mind is still the same. I want to keep them. But the remainder, uh, approximately 60 some odd percent are <laughs> fire them. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I nope. think, I think winning this series, um, getting to this point, Bergevin was safe. Uh, winning the series, I think Ducharme is now safe. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm not unfortunate because I think I think they're going to lose Joel Bouchard because of it. And that's who I wanted them to hire. Yeah. But maybe they maybe they give him a great big raise and he stays mm-hmm. put for now. He's I don't a free know. agent, I think, after this season. His, yeah, after the season's done, he's open. So we'll get into that in the mid, uh, in the off season, whenever that happens to begin. Uh, we will get into the Jets series in our next episode. And in our next episode, we will also have a visit from Brian Wiley. He's going to join us and talk to us about the atmosphere that was at the, uh, the Bell Center for Game 6. Uh, so for now... Let's just bask in the glow of beating the greatest team to ever have been assembled, according to Sportsnet, the dynasty that is the Leafs, to have never who have never won a playoff series. And the crappy Leafs, uh, the crappy Habs, uh, have. And have not beat the Leafs in a playoff series since 1967. 
or no. sorry, have not beat the Habs in a playoff series since 1967. That's right. That's that's uh, that's now two series since that uh, 1967 <laughs> series. You're ruining the narrative. <laughs> <laughs> no, they played each other in the 70s, like 79. Yeah, 79. This is the second yeah. time. Okay. 79 and then now. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. twice since 67 so or no three times they didn't three, yeah once 71. again 71 yeah yeah so three times so yeah. hey three pete would have been four but thanks wayne gretzky <laughs> yeah really <laughs> yeah. really thanks Appreciate no thank it. you yeah, <laughs> yeah. i much uh, i was much happier playing the la, LA that year than uh, toronto so oh yeah <laughs> well i mean when you win the stanley cup you want to beat the best and that's gretzky not the leafs what felix potfin's the best come on hell no I got a story about him, but I'm not going to say that on the show. Let's just say family issues, a little bit of money was involved. You know how it goes. Anyway, we've rambled. We've talked about the series. We've talked about the game. The Canadians have beaten the Leafs four games to three, have pulled off the upset with a big comeback. Go Habs go. So we want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank you for staying with us throughout this series, uh, through our rambles. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Successful companies find unconventional answers. That's why Zamboni Keepers is your source for wins. When you need someone to hold down your fort, when your normal goalie is out injured, we have the answer for you. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER. We have a Zamboni driver available in a rink near you, ready to play nets. For only the cost of a team jersey, our Zamboni experts will be able to face your league's most expensive and nationally overhyped offensive players and provide your team the chance to win. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER and win. Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.